My name is Rob Katz. I'm the CEO of Val Resorts, and I want to welcome you to Epic by Nature. Around the world, across all of our resorts, we have employees who are experiencing their own epic journeys. Employees who are the heroes of their own stories, who constantly challenge themselves to give more, to do more, to be more. We developed this podcast so that we can share their journeys and the journeys of our guests, our mountains, and our communities, all of which are truly epic by nature. We have to be ambitious and we have to be accountable to one another as a team. We're together in this as a community, as a mountain, as a resort network, and it just makes me feel part of something bigger. I want to win, but more than that, way more than that. I want my team to win. We have always been very innovative. And I think that is why we are leaders. I found that there was a much greater value in we than in me. When I became the CEO of Vail Resorts over 15 years ago, one of my primary motivations was around leadership. Even before I started as CEO, I'd been around our company since 1991. And when I talked to people who worked with us, there was a consistent theme. Everyone had a passion for the mountains and the outdoors. There were always positives and negatives about our company. But when you ask people what they liked best about working for Vail Resorts, they always talked about the people. Of course, it's an interesting dynamic where everyone likes the people they work with, but has mixed feelings about the company. Because what is the company if not just a collection of the people who work there. Now, historically, while everyone really cared about the people they worked with, there was not as much focus on leadership, not as much time spent on how to coach, develop, mentor, and unlock the potential of the people around you. And of course, there was not much career progression or career mobility either. For many people, that was great. They liked their resort. They liked their role. They didn't ever want that to change. But what about people who were passionate about the outdoors, but also passionate about their careers? Was there a place for them? And this dynamic was not unique to Vail Resorts. It was pervasive across our industry. Some in the sport may have believed that was just fine because lots of people choose the ski industry specifically because it was not as career focused as other places you could work. But here's the thing. If we truly love our sport and want to protect it in the face of climate change and economic challenges, in the face of gender and racial inequities, then we need our sport to change. If we wanna see our sport grow and thrive in the future, to share this experience with more people. Then we need people in our industry that are ambitious and are willing to lead change. People who do care about career progression and expanding their impact. We need to see the next generation of leaders, people with fresh ideas, innovative solutions and creativity coming from within our own companies. We need to attract the next generation of first-year lift operators, not just because it will be a fun winter, but because they can hope to one day run a resort. 
When people say they love their colleagues and really care for them, we need them to try and truly unlock their potential. That's what leadership is to me. People growing the impact they have on those around them. People making a difference at all levels across our whole company, every day. This will be my last episode as the narrator of Epic by Nature, as next month I will be transitioning from CEO to executive chair of our board of directors. And I could not think of a better topic for my last podcast than stories of leadership and career progression. Our company has grown significantly over the last 15 years, welcoming many of the world's most iconic mountains into Vail Resorts. As the company has grown, we have continually focused on fostering a strong leadership culture and operating as one aligned team to have one set of shared values and one mission. This journey has had plenty of ups and downs, but what I find so rewarding is that we've been able to develop extraordinary leaders who have reimagined the mountain resort experience to achieve our collective mission of creating the experience of a lifetime for our employees and guests. To grow as fast as we have, adding 32 resorts in 15 years has required continuous leadership growth. As just one example, in my time as CEO, we have appointed around 60 new resort GMs and COOs with just about every single one of them coming from within our company. How? Well, one of the key differentiators for many of the leaders is that navigating career progression is not a linear path. The hallmark of leaders who have demonstrated success in their careers at our company is their ability to embrace and lead change. New business dynamics, new teams, new resorts, and larger and different scope. They have an insatiable passion for learning and personal development by taking risks to pursue unfamiliar roles and experiences. As I reflect on the last 15 years, the most satisfying aspect of my job has been watching people grow their leadership impact in ways they did not know they were capable of at the outset. In just this past year, we have seen a number of senior leaders take on new responsibilities. Today, we are sharing stories of just a few of them. People at our company who have overcome barriers, setbacks, and challenges to follow their ambition to become great leaders. People who are clearly epic by nature. James O'Donnell, currently our president of the Mountain Division, didn't deliberately map out a path to our company. Circumstances led him here. It all started with annual ski trips with friends from his then hometown of Miami, Florida, out to Colorado. We tended to do Breckenridge, but we did mix it up a little bit. And over the years, going back home to Florida kept getting harder and harder. I remember the trip that we took in the 99-2000 ski season on the plane ride home. Um, yeah, I had, I guess, what you could say amounts to, yeah, an emotional breakdown with some tears, you know, streaming down my cheeks. And I remember the flight attendant asking me if I was okay. And I remember looking at her and saying, I don't know. Did a lot of thinking getting back into Miami after that. 
It became clear to James that something needed to change. It was time to make the move to Colorado. At the time, James was early in his career, working at Arthur Anderson after majoring in finance and marketing as part of his MBA. After returning from that Colorado trip in 2000, James walked into the office of his boss at the time in Florida and had a very direct conversation. I said, I need to move um, and I'm going to move and I would love to do it with this company if you'll help. And she did. So it was the summer of 2000 when James transferred to Denver. And as luck would have it, as I was transferring into the office, the individual who had the Vail Resorts account was being transferred out to Minneapolis. At the time, the Vail account wasn't a big account, but it was a fun one. They asked me, since I had uh, hospitality experience, uh, travel and leisure experience, uh, if I would take the Vail Associates account. I had no idea what that was. And I said, yeah, sure, what the heck. Things were going well for James in his new role, and he had settled into a rhythm in the Denver office when something extraordinary happened that was to change his trajectory. I'm at Anderson in the Denver office, downtown Denver, and I have had the Vail account for about, you know, I'd say a year or so. And the partner that I was working for at the time on that account had his email open and um, he says, O-F out loud. And I looked at him, I said, what's going on? And he showed me his screen and that was the first email that went out about the Enron scandal. Anderson was the auditors for the Enron company at the time, uh, and one of the partners in the in the Texas practice, you know, was infamous through that whole story for destroying work product and work papers. Over the next few months, uh, the firm imploded. Eighty-six thousand people worldwide lost their jobs. Uh, we couldn't keep clients because of the reputation of the firm, all because of one office's actions. And yeah, I didn't know what I was going to do. And as luck would have it, in April of 2002, um, a job opening came up at Vail Resorts. Vail Resorts had just acquired a, a hospitality brand and hospitality company called Rock Resorts with the intention to grow it. And the uh, individual that they had hired to lead that was in process of staffing up his team, and including uh, a finance director. And at the urging of the then CFO of Vail Resorts, uh, Jim Donahue, I applied and ultimately was hired as the fifth employee for the new centralized hospitality business based in Cherry Creek. And so began James's 20-year incredible career with our company, all because his prior employer went bankrupt. Like James, my own career had a similar inflection point when in 1991, the investment bank I was working for liquidated and fired everyone. At the time, I thought it would be the end of my career, but it turned out to be the unlock, which is a key theme in leader progression. What do you do when faced with a setback? But unlike James, Chris Sorensen, Vice President, General Manager of Keystone, took a very different path into our company. It began with his love for the sport. So my senior year of high school, 
a couple buddies of mine said, hey, we're gonna go to Colorado and go skiing. Do you wanna come? And I think this time there were five of us that came and we, we kind of did almost all the resorts in the I-70 corridor. So spent a day at each one of them, got better at snowboarding, enjoyed it. As time passed, Chris started wondering, I'm having so much fun, why couldn't I just stay? At the time I was working in an IT field, so I was programming Avaya phone switches for an insurance company. I was locked in a tiny closet all day, didn't get to talk to people. And in our local newspaper, there was an ad that had a snowboarder jumping off of a cliff. And it said, do you want to get paid to play? And I saw that ad and I was like, yes. So I uh, left work, went over to the interview. I was in my business attire, had a tie on, showed up to the interview to apply for a lift operator job. And I remember the, the lift assistant manager looking at me and go, she said, you know, you're applying for a lift operator and you're wearing a tie, like you're hired. And that was it. So how exactly did Chris go from lift operator to GM? I can remember it was about two weeks in, I called my dad. Cause I was, I was questioning, right? In the IT field, I was making a lot of money and was coming out here to make like seven fifteen an hour. And so like, should I do this? Like, is this the right decision for me financially? And my dad was like, you can go for one season. And if you hate it, you can come back and there'll be an IT job here for you. Ended up, you know, two weeks later calling him and going, I'm never coming back to Oklahoma. Like I'm going to figure out how I can make this a career. This is the best thing I've ever done in my life. Ever. And that's exactly what he did. And that started with learning and seeking out opportunity. Started looking, and I remember a flyer that had been posted in the locker room about a leadership class that was after work uh, on Tuesdays for six weeks. And I was like, well, that's where I'm going to meet people. That's where I'm going to learn leaders at the, the resort, and I'm going to grow and, and help myself. So I signed up. I can still remember some of the folks that came and talked in that and what they talked about. One of them brought in a ladder, set it up, and then put his staff hats from over the years on each one of the steps moving up and then talked about like his career journey and that it doesn't always have to be in one single department. It can be in a number of different departments to be successful. And you've got to think as Keystone as a city. And we have every job you can think of. And if, if you want to do it, you can do it. And so don't think you only have to be a lift operator or a dishwasher or something else because there's plenty of opportunity for you. So that was my first season, did that, graduated from it. And then the next year I was invited to come and be a lead for lift operations and, and was able to promote up into that, which was great. At Vail Resorts, everyone is expected to be a leader. And so we invest in leadership development at all levels. We call our programming Leadership Terrain, offering leadership content that delivers skills and capability building for leaders at every stage in their career. Like Chris, Julie DiCecco, Deputy General Counsel and Vice President for our company, has taken full advantage of the leadership development programming we offer. Women in Leadership was my first experience with leadership at Bell Resorts, and I started in Women in Leadership, I think only maybe a few weeks after I joined. And I had heard a lot about Vale's leadership culture, and I had talked with people in the interview process about it. And, you know, it seemed quite genuine to me and quite real, and I, it was one of the things that attracted me to the company. But Women in Leadership is where that all crystallized for me. I will never forget there was a session where Pat and Kirsten came 
to talk with us and, you know, just being so struck by how they were so transparent, they were vulnerable, they were really thoughtful about their own path and, you know, the highs and the lows. And I really remember being sort of daunted, like, oh, they really mean it when they say leadership here. <laughs> like, you know, and I think that was the first time I realized that, um, you know, that this was a culture that ran that deep and that the expectations are high, that you show up as your full self, you know, and you bring that whole, you know, experience to your team and to your leadership. I think it really shaped a lot of the work that I've done since and has been pretty formative for me as a leader. Early in her career, Julie found herself at Sun Microsystems after graduating from law school and realized she needed to seek out a broad set of experiences to grow and develop. It was an exciting opportunity to go in-house with Sun Microsystems right at the peak of the dot-com boom and got to come into a program that they had developed to train and develop junior attorneys. We got the opportunity to support a number of different business units. We could work on the corporate side. We could work in the field supporting sales. Um, and it was the first time that I realized that there's just there's value in that those experiences, that it's not just about learning the job of the person above you so that you're ready to step into their job if and when they leave. It's It was really more about just the value of getting broad-based experience as an in-house lawyer. In her role with our company, Julie oversees the team of lawyers who support the mountain resorts. But she also supports our community relations team, which is not a legal function, but is the group responsible for supporting all of our mountain senior leadership teams in their interactions with our communities where we run our resorts. Our resort communities are an essential part of the experience we provide our guests and are critical to the success of the company. And our relationships with our communities are complex and sometimes challenging, even more reason why they need to be supported. So I started out managing the Mountain Council team, as well as another team, the contracts team in the legal department. I sort of took a risk and went into one of my one-on-ones and put my hand up for the community relations team. There was an opportunity to build something new there and to work with a new team. And it was a little nerve wracking because, you know, I had to go in and sort of put myself out there for something that I knew on my resume I wasn't necessarily you know, qualified to do. I didn't have a, a background working in community relations. I had not done any sort of government affairs or public affairs um, work before, but thought that I had something to contribute in terms of knowing the type of leader we would want to recruit for that function, knowing how to build the process for the way we wanted the function to work in the future, and had also just learned from watching so took the leap of faith and put my hand up for it. Julie firmly believes that with risk comes reward. If you put yourself out there for those opportunities and you follow through and you deliver on that work, there is a value in that to your team, your organization, to your manager, to your leaders that just far exceeds the, the value you can bring just becoming you know, a subject matter expert in your role. Meanwhile, back in the mountains, Tim Harris was also trying to carve out a career. Tim is currently vice president of our Midwest resorts, but he didn't start out in mountain operations or in the Midwest. He started out in retail rental. 
in Canada. Well, I was going to be a lawyer. My plan was go to the military college, get a degree in political science uh, or something that would lead me to the law, become a lawyer, and then, uh, you know, had this dream of like, yeah, working at a big law firm in an office and kind of ascending those ranks. That disappeared second year university when I took a law course and I absolutely hated it. Like it was awful. It was my dad that reminded me that, you know, school doesn't have to be this, I am on this track. It was actually a way to learn and a way to learn to learn. And that following my passion was actually the thing I should be doing, which ironically leads me to Whistler. I was on a chairlift with my dad, 2004 in Whistler um, with two other seasonal workers. And my dad got talking to them and they kind of mentioned that, yeah, they were living here for the year working seasonally, had a pass, lived in staff accommodation, and that it was pretty incredible. And my dad turned to me and he said, hey, you should do that, which is a chuckle because uh, I kind of looked at him and went, yeah, I should. And sure enough, I finished university, got a job at the resort for a season and and went and did that. So um, my career went from there. Tim's first job at Whistler was as a rental technician for the Whistler Black Home store in the Four Seasons Hotel. Packed up my car with everything I wanted to bring. My dad came with me and we drove out through Canada all the way to Whistler, which was uh, just about four days. I remember driving from Calgary to the mountains the first time and that feeling of awe, watching them literally appear on the horizon as they come up and just being so excited and feeling like, okay, I'm here, I'm home and I'm probably never gonna go back to where I was. And then I walk into this group of people that are from the UK, New Zealand, Australia, and a few Canadians, and immediately feel like I have taken a very big step in being in a very new and uncomfortable place. And that mixture of nerves and excitement and exhilaration, as I started talking to people and realizing that they were all here for the same reason I was, but from very different places. Tim was looking for a way to build a career. He gradually grew his impact and was rewarded with more opportunities. First, supervisor positions, and then eventually more scope and scale. By the time Vail Resorts acquired Whistler Blackcomb, Tim was one of the senior operations managers for retail rental. And I vividly remember uh, my phone buzzing the morning when my best friend's father texted and said, hey, you're bought. And I didn't even understand what he was talking about. Um, but I, I went down and a friend of mine in the building said, did you hear the news? And I said, no, what, what should I be looking at? He goes, Vale bought us. And I looked at him and went, oh, okay. I don't even know what that means. I went for coffee with my boss after that and he grabbed me and said, this is gonna mean there's a lot of opportunity for you if you're willing to look differently at where you can live and if you're open to moving. Um, you know, how do you feel about that? And I said, yeah, I, I feel good about it. You know, I don't really know what that could mean, but I like the idea of it. And uh, I went home and told my wife, you know, hey, how do you, how do you think about living in the United States? And she looked at me and said, why are you asking me this? And I said, well, we were bought by an American company. I really, really leaned into the fact that my job wasn't going to be the same. My job now was to make integration successful. And, and my old boss was great about sort of supporting that. Like, you know, he, he actually told me, I don't want you so focused on day-to-day -day operations. Your job is to make sure that this goes well and do everything you can to make, make it successful. 
And uh, that stuck with me and resonated with me. So I did. Tim started to seek out opportunities across the enterprise and was approached to fill a newly opened role in Vale and Beaver Creek as the director of retail and rental operations. Tim suddenly had a lot to consider. When that position came up, like it was, you know, conversation after conversation with my wife, with my dad, with friends around, should I take this opportunity? What does this mean for my identity? And, you know, moving from Canada to the United States, it was scary. It was scary for political reasons. Uh, it was scary for cultural reasons. My identity as a Canadian and the, the fact that my children were young and I actually remember thinking, are they gonna grow up as Americans? And what does that mean? So I struggled, you know, with the decision, but ultimately realized that, you know, I don't wanna live with regret. My wife and I kept kind of going back to, we don't do this. If we don't take this step, are we gonna regret it? And if we are, are we okay with that? And we both decided we were not. So we, we moved and um, it was incredibly hard. For a year, it was incredibly hard. I remember driving down, we'd gotten through the border, which was a disaster and a nightmare, trying to do a visa application. And I remember thinking immediately like, what have I done? Like, why am I doing this? I'm leaving the place I love to go to a place I don't know for a job I may or may not like in a different country. I don't know, I don't know about this. And then I remember thinking, well, I just have to do a year. I'll just do a year. I'll have given it a good shot and then we can go home. We can go home. I'm in Vail and I'm, I'm this mantra of just a year, just a year is like pulsating in my brain. And I remember Beth Howard uh, had said this at a, a conference I was at for VRR. Hey, it's going to take a year. About May, as I moved in October, the weather changed. The aspens went green and the mountains came alive as they do in, in spring and summer. And it was almost like the beauty of where I was was thrust into my eyes. And it was like, Tim, like open your eyes to where you are. This is not a year. This is not, you know, I'm, I'm just doing this until I can get home. It was honestly like this weight came off my shoulders and went, I'm not going back. I love this. This is great. I'm having fun. I love the people I'm working with. I'm learning a, a ton. I'm in a very different place than I ever thought I would be. And I don't want to leave. So I took that mentality of, hey, you got to get through it. And you just got to be aware that sometimes it'll be hard, but that doesn't mean the job you're doing is bad to uh, applying for a role that came open that actually meant I had to move from the mountains to Broomfield. And if I hadn't made the move from Whistler to Vale, I never would have been able to make the move from the mountains to a city. I was gonna follow my passion and I was gonna take us to this new place and take on a bigger opportunity and a challenge because that's what I thought the best thing for my career was. And he is grateful that the company has helped pave his way proud of a few things. One, I am proud that I left Whistler, that I took a chance and, uh, and my family did as well. And that we, we came down here. I'm, I'm proud that I've found my voice in this organization and I found my place in the organization and that I'm working for a company that allows me to realize my own ambition and drive in a very different way than a normal company would. I am where I am because I've had some incredible leaders and the company has invested in me and allowed me to grow, make mistakes along the way, course correct along the way, and frankly, give me the opportunity. And uh, that, that fills me with a lot of pride that 
the enterprise and the organization and my leaders see me as somebody worth that chance. In the meantime, Chris Sorensen was also starting to think about the possibilities that the broader network of resorts we own and operate might offer for him. Chris had identified early on a goal. He wanted to be the GM of Keystone. The first five years I stayed in lift operations and kept moving up, moving up, was assistant manager, lift operations, ticket scanning here at Keystone, and then um, felt like I needed to do something different. And I knew that I wasn't going to go from lift operations manager to mountain operations director to vice president of Keystone. Like that wasn't going to be the path to get me here. And so I then decided I needed to take on um, a revenue generating department. And I needed to prove that I knew how to create revenue and, and manage to revenue. Chris got that opportunity as the Adventure Point Manager. And after five years, Chris felt he was ready for the next opportunity. He needed to look further afield. He applied for the Adventure Ridge Senior Manager job at Vail twice and was unsuccessful twice. That was a big disappointment and seemed like his dream was out of reach. I didn't want to apply for Vail anymore. I'd, I'd done that twice, wasn't wasn't the, the right candidate. Um, and so I was looking to leave the industry and leave Keystone and actually had talked to an Air Force recruiter uh, and, and was about to make the shift to move over to um, the Air Force. And then at the most unexpected moment, Chris received a call. Doug Perini called me and he said, hey, I've got this senior manager role at BRAC. I think you'd be a good fit. Are you interested? And I remember the conversation. I told him no. I said, I'm not interested. I don't want to come to Breck. And I hung up. And I went home uh, and and uh, thought about it. The next day, I, I reached back out to him and said, hey, I've thought about it a little bit more. I think this could be a good fit. And I'm very interested in the job. I didn't think I had a shot uh, at getting it because I told him no. Um, but ultimately, uh, yeah, was was the right candidate and was hired for the senior manager job over at BRAC. And it was probably the best thing that I did was moving over and taking on a new job, a new resort, a new team, um, a different culture. Chris went on to take leadership roles in the Midwest, first as GM of Mount Brighton and then Afton Alps before taking on oversight of the entire Midwest region. Then he got a call for his dream job to be the GM of Keystone. I still feel like I'm getting paid to play. And I, I pinch myself every morning when I'm driving into work, like, I can't believe that this is what I get to do every day and the impact that I can make um, on, our, on our employees and on our guests. Um, and what we do as a, as a business is just unbelievable to me. And for me, powerful, because how many other new employees to our organization are sitting there that are shining stars that are our next COOs or vice presidents that you know may hear the story and go, I can do that too. And that's what I wanna do. And how am I gonna make a career out of this? Chris acknowledges it is the varied leadership opportunities that he got at our company that led him to his current role. I would say the best growth from my career was leaving Keystone and going to BRAC and then leaving BRAC and going to the Midwest. I wouldn't be in this seat right now if I'd have stayed at Keystone. I may still be at Keystone, but I wouldn't be in this seat. Sarah Schwant, currently the VP of Operations of Retail and Rental, was also told no when she was trying to advance her career. Sarah had always been ambitious and a risk taker. I have a very interesting 
like college story that I actually went to three different universities and graduated in three years. Because I, I had this idea in my head that I was only going to get one shot at going to college and it seemed like really narrow-minded to only go to one school and have one experience. When as you're going through the college application process, you're like, do I want to go to a small school? Do I want to go to a big school? Do I want to go abroad? And I wanted to do all three. Sarah graduated in three years from three different schools with a major in sociology and a minor in physics and astronomy. I had no idea what I wanted to be, and I had a lot of people giving me the advice of, um, you're an excellent communicator, you have great people skills, you're a woman, and I ended up moving into um, a human resource career. So when I graduated, I took on an internship as a HR assistant in a long-term healthcare facility. I was very comfortable in my job. It was easy. I could do it naturally. I could come in every day. I could execute on what I needed and I could go home at night. Fast forward to about two years into the role when a job requisition got put down on my desk by hiring manager that we were going to enter into this large global program and they were in need of someone to lead a line of business called organizational change management. It was really all new. So I, I, I have this really funny memory of like reading that job description and going home that night and talking to my friends and talking to other people that had been coaches and leaders in my life and having this moment where I said to myself, I want to do that. But what scared me was that I didn't have those bullet points on my resume. It wasn't something that I had done before. So the next day when I went into the office, I approached my boss and, and I said, you know I, know, I know my job is to find someone for this role, but I would actually like to submit my name for the position. And he didn't skip a beat. And what he said to me was, unfortunately, Sarah, you're not qualified for the role. So I accepted the feedback. I went back to my desk. I posted the role and I started the recruiting process for it. And it, it did stifle me a little bit. It forced me to retreat into a space of, well, I just got told no. So I'm gonna stay on this path now that I'm on. About a hundred days, I would say, into the search for someone for this role, I was having uh, drinks with the CIO and the director of operations who were leading this project, who were leading this team where they needed this lead for organizational change management. And they asked me why I hadn't found anyone for the role. And I said, honestly, like I've put a million candidates in front of you and you keep sending people back. And it led into this conversation where I shared with them that I had actually applied for the role. And they were kind of looked at me like, wow, well, you might actually be perfect for this job. And 72 hours later, I had an offer to move into the position. And that is really what catapulted me into this change of shifting from an HR position into more of a operational process-oriented, centralizing functions for companies. We've all interviewed for jobs internally and been told no. And what do you do when you get that feedback? Do you retreat and continue on the comfortable path that you're on? Or do you bounce back and do you take another risk 
do you put yourself out there by making myself vulnerable? This opportunity then resulted in me getting a job offer and it completely changed the course of my career. Having conversations about our career aspirations and not being afraid to explore different paths has been a key unlock for each of these leaders. Eventually, Sarah moved to Colorado and found herself interviewing for an operations role within Vail Resorts Retail. She remembers the interview. There's no doubt in my mind that when he looked at my resume, he saw some similarities in the role that he was interviewing me for, but there was probably more gaps in my resume of what he was hoping for. And I knew that I was gonna have that challenge in the, com- the first conversation that I had with him around how do I, how do I really bring forward my ability to lead, my ability to enact change, all of the things that I know I'm really strong at and be vulnerable and honest about what I'm concerned about in going into this role. And I just remember getting in my car that day. I mean, we'd planned to meet for an hour and I think we talked for three. And just getting in my car and thinking like, if this is what the rest of this organization is like, outside of the retail and rental division, I'd be crazy not to really try to figure out how to get a job with this company. Sarah was offered the role of Director of Operations Support. It's very rare that a door opens that you can recreate and redefine your career and who you are. And I have been very lucky where those doors have opened for me I have also pushed those doors open. And in this case, I took a huge risk in stepping through it because I had made a career for myself in this centralizing processes, organizational change management world. And this was a a bit of a lateral step that I was making to be a part of something bigger. Since joining our company, Sarah has continued to push open those doors taking advantage of all the leadership development programming offered to her at our company and engaging with them in the right way. I definitely appreciate the philosophy at Vail that we have camps and leadership opportunities available to us. And I am a proud graduating member of Camp 2 and Camp 3. And they have been exceptional in giving me the space and the time to really think about my leadership journey, honor my leadership journey, and then package that all up on who I want to be in the future and how I want to develop talent and lead teams and bring different perspectives to the table. I also very much value, and I think it's something that we all control on our own accord, is taking advantage of some of these opportunities in our day-to-day where we can stretch ourselves and we can get different exposure through either working on cross-functional projects, identifying a problem, raising your hand with what a solution can be, taking on ownership of that item. And I think that's actually where we get more value as employees at Vail in the fact that those are in front of us every single day. And you don't necessarily need a camp or a leadership class in order to have that exposure and in order to experience those things and build your own skill set and your own tools. Jackie De Silva, currently Vice President of Guest Operations, took a demotion to join our company. Having transitioned from accounting roles into IT, from large corporations to startups, she had seemingly done it all. And yet, 
she wasn't fulfilled. She was at a crossroads that led her to Vail Resorts. I had reached a vice president level, loved the team that I had, like just really tight connection, great group of people, um, tons of potential and doing great things and just really needed to figure out what was gonna make me feel the same thing that I saw coming from them. And ultimately decided that I needed to go back to my passion. What did I love about the things that I did growing up? What did I feel really was really important for me, like in the company that I worked for? And I sought out Vail Resorts. So I found it. <laughs> I found Vail. I read the mission. I read the vision. And then I applied to like any job I could find that um, they would consider me for. And actually during one of my interviews, they were like, Oh, it looks like you've applied for like four jobs here. I'm like, no, yeah, I'm pretty committed. I want to be here. Um, and finally was given a chance to come work in an IT program manager role for finance. New position, not one that had existed before and a pretty big step back, but something that really truly aligned with my passions and thought that I could step into like leveraging the full spectrum of my history. So that's what I did. That's how I got here. <laughs> And the leadership culture Jackie has found at Vail has enabled her to find her path. I don't actually know if I ever knew what I wanted to do in my career before I came to Vail Resorts. I'm not sure I've ever had the type of leadership and really hard questions on like where I saw myself going or what I wanted to do until I got here. And probably not until like a year, year and a half after I got here did I really start to think like, okay, like, Maybe I should start considering what my future is. I have always just kind of followed what I thought would be a cool opportunity um, without much regard for what it would gain me. Um, but I would say over the last several years, well, last three to five years, that's really changed. Um, I decided pretty quickly after I got here that I liked, I liked all of IT. I liked the enablement perspective. I liked figuring out what the newest technology was or what our opportunities might be to change things. And I liked to make people's jobs easier and understand the connection it had to the product that we were delivering to our guests. And so I kind of quickly decided, like, I think my future is in IT. And so when I was asked the question, that's what my answer was. I think I want to be a CIO. And it was at that point that the conversations really started to be very intentional around what does that mean for my career? Like if I really wanna be a CIO, then I should be intentional in my decisions and what I'm going to gain from each of them, from every step in my career, every job that I'm gonna take, how am I gonna serve that goal? And so it's been a lot easier to frame up my decisions since then. Um, it's really based on the leadership and guidance that I've gotten and really digging into what fuels my passion. And since then, I've had six jobs in five years. But I think it's, it's okay because I see the reason why each one of them has been valuable in my growth and development and in my knowledge and awareness of who I need to be and where I need to be. Sometimes it's making the tough trade-offs and sacrifices that provide you the biggest opportunities for growth. For Jackie, it was trading a VP-level position to take a manager position in a much larger company that she felt connected to and passionate about. That said, even with growing clarity of her goals and ambition, the direction to becoming a CIO is not always obvious. 
Early on in the COVID pandemic, my prior chief of staff was promoted to be a vice president in our HR organization, and I was looking for someone new. I had not worked with Jackie before, but had heard nothing but great things. The chief of staff role requires someone who can excel across a lot of different skill sets. It's been a high leverage role for us with lots of high potential leaders using it as a stepping stone in their careers. But it's also a role that's never clear at the outset, requiring confidence, agility, self-awareness, and a learning mindset to work through the early ambiguity. I will say that the one role that comes to mind where it took me quite a while to orient to why I needed it or what was expected of me or what I was going to gain from it was the chief of staff role. I can honestly say that of all of the things that I've ever done, it is the role that I never knew that I needed. I think it took me about six months to really understand the purpose of that role and why it was part of my journey. I had no idea what I was supposed to be doing, no idea what success looked like, no idea how it was supposed to act, and certainly not how to lead. And being that uncomfortable for that long and then recognizing that being in this space of discomfort was the learning that I was taking from that role has now prepared me to take on a leadership position in a new organization for the company that will require us to do things that are outside of our comfort zone or think about things in a different way than we have in the past. And I feel that my experience as chief of staff and all of my experience prior to that has led me to this place and I'm exactly where I need to be. Jackie is now in a newly created role overseeing our call center and ticket seller operations, broadening her experience, but not necessarily on the typical IT path. And while she did not necessarily come with subject matter expertise, the leadership experiences of her prior roles have prepared her to lead the transformation of our guest services function. Tara Schettinger is the Vice President and General Manager at Crested Butte Mountain. She started out working in IT for our company, but found a passion for operations outside our company. When Tara joined our company, she spent the first three years working on some of the most innovative technologies in the industry. Meanwhile, Tara was also mayor of a small Colorado town called Jamestown. In September 2013, historic flooding devastated Jamestown. Landslides triggered by massive rains destroyed homes and buried the town's fire station. Tara couldn't walk away from the recovery efforts. At the time that I joined Vail Resorts, I also became mayor of my community. And I was still mayor at the time of the floods. And my bosses then all said, just do what you need to do for a month and we'll check in and see what happens. Robert Erweiler, our CIO at the time, came to visit Tara with some other colleagues. And a month uh, went by and uh, they came up to visit and we weren't very far along in our recovery. <laughs> and I think they were shaken pretty well um, to see how devastating it was up there. Robert had said that he was coming up to offered for me to work part-time and then I could do the recovery part-time and he said it's not gonna work is it <laughs> and so I officially resigned from Vail Resorts on the 1st of January in 2014 
and managed the town's flood recovery for a few years until Robert then called me back in September of 2016 and said, hey, we just bought Whistler Black Home. We need some project management. Um, Would you like to come back to work? I knew that it was about time to start thinking about what I wanted to do, but that was the perfect opportunity. Coming back to Vail Resorts after being away for three years kind of felt like coming home. Tara ended up taking a role working for our CMO, Kirsten Lynch, in marketing before becoming chief of staff for our then president of the Mountain Division, Pat Campbell. Always wanted to get into operations. I think the flood doing some a lot more operational stuff there sort of guided me towards that. During the interview, she said, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I think I want to be a GM. And she did. Tara navigated from IT to chief of staff for our CMO, to chief of staff for our Mountain Division president, to GM of Crested Butte, thanks to the development she received from her mentors in each of these opportunities. I feel like I've had some really good mentors as well that may have been formal or informal that have also helped me be prepared for when those opportunities arise. And over the last 18 months as chief of staff for the Mountain Division, she was given stretch projects designed to give her the skills and exposure to uniquely prepare her for her current role as GM. All of them knew what it was that I wanted to do and all of them were really engaged in helping helping me take advantage of different opportunities like joining the Mountain Ops leadership team, working on special projects for Pat, whether it was helping people move out of employee housing right when the pandemic started, or setting up our enterprise testing program for COVID. So I think it was just the opportunity to try out different things, be part of our best practice groups, our Mountain Ops leadership team. All of those were incredible opportunities. So how do we know when a leader is ready for the next opportunity? James O'Donnell has navigated nine roles in his nearly 20 years within our company as he moved from Director of Hospitality Finance to President of the Mountain Division. I remember the day that the opportunity came to run the lodging business. And yeah, I remember the conversation and yeah, I, I said, yeah, Rob, but yeah, I'd love, to, I'd love to do that. I'm all in. And he came back you know, my office later that day and it's like, listen, I just want to make sure you understand like, what, we're, what we're talking about here. And yeah, we, we talked about the employee count, the, the level of leadership needed, you know, how different it was going to be. And in that very moment, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I would love to do it. I went home that night and I, yeah, I, I had a moment, <laughs> let's say, where, uh, yeah, call it a freak out or, you know, a, uh, yeah, life altering uh, evening, um, you know, spoke to, uh, spoke to my wife and decided that, yeah, I was all in. And looking back on it, I think what I realized maybe at a deep down level is it, this is my passion, is leading people and leading people at scale. James took on oversight for our lodging business, then took on oversight for our real estate group, and then added oversight for our retail division. But the biggest move was yet to come. And this past spring, um, had a conversation, yeah, the last of these that I will probably ever have <laughs> with Rob, where he said, yeah, I think it's your time to take over the mountain division. Pat has decided it was her time to leave and he thought I was ready. Given my past track record of taking on businesses that that I didn't have true experience with before, the learning agility that I've shown over my career, 
yeah, he and the rest of the EC and the board uh, had a, a tremendous amount of confidence that I could do it. And I said, yes, uh, I've always said yes. And uh, not without thought. Right. It's not that, you know, I would say yes to anything, but yeah, these opportunities that I've been given are amazing. And well-earned, because that's the very point. These leaders have not had a linear or easy path. Nothing was given to them. It was earned by their ambition, their demonstrated potential and success, taking on increasing leadership scope across new teams, new functions, and new locations. All of them have faced disappointment, challenges, and setbacks, been overlooked and told no. Through it all, they have demonstrated grit, determination, and a willingness to have candid development discussions, career conversations, and make difficult choices. I'd say moving across functions is something that I have a strong passion for and I'm a big champion of here at the company. Our focus on leadership, our focus on leadership development, and our talent philosophy, this is what it's all about. That at the end of the day, what matters most is how good of a leader are you? Technical skills and knowledge are, yeah, I think important, but secondary to leadership in this company. And we practice that. And I think I'm evidence of that. So what have our leaders learned along the way about their own leadership? And what advice might they give? Julie. Take the risk. It's so worth it. Jackie. Follow your passion. It hasn't been a bad choice for me. Chris. Have conversations with your leader. Talk about your development. Talk about your ambitions. The more we're having those conversations, the greater we are going to be as, as a leadership company. Tara. If there's something that you really want to do, say it so that those around you can help prepare you for those opportunities in the future. Tim. You always have to be clear about the value you add and the fact that you add value. It's not about what the organization can do for you. It's about what you can do for the organization. And in doing that, you're going to have a lot of chance and opportunity. Sarah. You have this massive opportunity within this company to be yourself. And you can be anything that you want to be if you just put yourself out there. James. The best one-on-ones are just focused on the person that you're talking to. Tactics, to me... Like, that's what email's for, right? But we should talk about you. We should talk about you as a leader. These are just a small sampling of all the stories across our company about leadership development and career progression. And of course, one of the most interesting ones is that of Kirsten Lynch, our new CEO, who will take over this podcast in the next episode. I could not be more confident about how Kirsten will lead this company into the future. In part, because I have had the opportunity to see her leadership journey up close over the past 10 years that we have worked together. But I will let her talk to you about that in future episodes of Epic by Nature. In my 15 years as CEO, I've heard quite a lot said about Vail Resorts. But Vail Resorts is nothing more than the people who work here. And in my time with this company, going all the way back to 1991, I have truly loved the people I got a chance to work with. I've had so much fun with plenty of laughter and some tears, but always surrounded by people who are so passionate about what they were doing. But in the end, again, the most rewarding part of my journey has been to watch people grow. Leadership, mentoring, coaching, development, trying to unlock someone's potential is not easy work. 
It's not for the faint of heart. When I look around this company and see all the change that has happened, I am incredibly proud. But not about the change that most people see, the growth in past sales, the acquisitions, the stock price, though that's all been great as well. What I am most proud about is the change I saw in the people around me, inside a culture where people were willing to do the tough work to truly lead and grow and to create growth opportunities for others. And that applied to me most of all. I came into this CEO role as a 39-year-old kid with lots of anxiety, mistakes, and pitfalls, with a general idea of where I wanted to take this company, but no idea how to get there. I was fortunate to have so many teachers inside our company, but also from our guests and in our communities, all of whom pushed me to be a better leader and helped show me the way forward. I'm forever grateful to each one of them, including everyone you heard on today's podcast. I want to thank James, Chris, Julie, Tim, Sarah, Jackie, and Tara for sharing their stories so candidly and for the leadership they demonstrate for our company. Because of leaders like them, I know I am leaving our company in good hands. In my time as CEO, it's been an honor to share the hero's journey of employees through this podcast including my own journey. I hope you have enjoyed these stories as much as I have. Of course, I'm not leaving the company just yet, and I'm excited to start my new role as executive chairperson of the board and to be a future listener on these podcasts because I can't wait to hear how the next chapter unfolds. Please continue to send your feedback and story ideas to podcast at veilresorts.com. It helps all of us get better and continue our work of telling these stories, which are epic by nature.